What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Shane Larson. This is the Game Time Guru. We're excited to bring you on for another uh, episode. Today, we're going to be diving into the world of name, image, and likeness, the NIL world. We're bringing on an expert in the field. He is the founder of the Players NIL, and he's the author of NIL for All. We're going to learn more about both of those, the business and the book, um, what he's doing to help athletes as they get ready to leverage their name, image, and likeness. So this is a perfect interview for players who want to leverage their name, image, and likeness. And you don't have to be the top dog. That's the beautiful thing. Our guest is going to be sharing with you that he he helps the people that are not those like top dogs that are going to be leveraging the collectives at uh, major universities. Rather, the ones who are going to be leveraging the local businesses and their own digital uh, media platforms and so forth. So for the people that are listening to this show, the majority of which you're going to want to listen and take notes because you can leverage and utilize his services. Um, you're going to want to tap in, get your notepads out on your on your devices and listen. Um, I would also encourage you guys to go to thegametimeguru.com backslash freedom if you want to take advantage of my new shirts. You want to buy my new shirts. I got new shirts out that just came out for the 4th of July and they're available for sale, $27. Uh, flat fee, that's with the shipping included for it. So $27 for a shirt. If you want to support the show, um, that's the way to go. So thegametimeguru.com backslash freedom. I want to give a shout out today, though. This this episode couldn't be possible without the help of our sponsor for today's episode, which is Summit Legal Consulting. Summit Legal Consulting, dude, I know the owner. I'm going to tell you right now, I stand by his work. I stand by him as an individual. He's awesome. And I'm super grateful for his willingness to sponsor and support this show. Summit Legal Consulting works with business founders to help them from setup to exit, all right? So in the last five years, they've helped founders complete over $1 billion in acquisitions and exits. That's huge. Now, he doesn't accept everybody as a client. So I'm gonna put the information here in the description where you guys can find out more about them. Um, you can go to summitlegalconsulting.com or you can email directly Addison at summitlegalconsulting.com. And uh, if you want to, you know, mention the Game Time Guru is where you heard me from. If you're a business owner, you can do so and get an inside track to, to finding out more. So I'll put that information here in the description of the podcast so you guys can check out Summit Legal Consulting. Massive shout out to them for sponsoring today's episode. Like I said, guys, it's going to be a good one. Diving into the world of NIL. Get ready. This is the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? This is the Game Time Guru Podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. My name is Shane Larson, host of the show. Six and a half years running into this one. Big shout out to all the listeners. First and foremost, got to do some housekeeping items. If you guys are new to the platform, I'd highly encourage you guys to subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to your podcast. Awesome. I'm also trying to ramp up my YouTube channel. It's been dormant for the last four or five years. I'm finally ramping it up this year. Doesn't have a lot of traction, but I would love for you guys to jump on board over there too. So you can actually watch the interviews on the video format as well as uh, listening to them on the audio side. So 
We continue to grow 180 countries, all 50 states. The show has grown organically, and it's thanks in large part to all the listeners of the podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in. And today, like, like you guys heard in the introduction, we got a special one for you. We're tapping into the NIL space, and uh, we're really, really excited for this one. I know personally, just having delved into, delved into this myself, it's, it's a tricky um, world, if you will. But we have an expert in the field right now who's going to kind of help us clear out some of the muddy waters so that we can see a little bit more clearly. Want to give a massive shout out one more time to our sponsor of today's episode, which is Summit Legal Consulting. Massive shout out to them for sponsoring the podcast, Summit Legal Consulting. Make sure to check them out. I'll have the information in the description, and you probably heard about them in the introduction as well. So like I said, in the intro, we've got Mark Kesterer joining us on the podcast. He's the founder of The Players NIL, and he's the author of NIL for All, which we're going to learn more about, about like his book and what he's doing right now. But Mark, we just want to say thanks for joining the show and uh, being part of this. Thanks for joining us, man. Shane, it's nice to meet you, and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, Mark, let's uh, rewind the clock a little bit because it's only been two years since the NIL stuff started rolling into collegiate athletics and even in some into high school athletics. Um, but before that, I want to know a little bit more about Mark Kesterer before the NIL stuff kind of opened up and what your role was in the sports world. So do you mind like kind of giving us a little bit of a background of what you were doing prior to NIL kind of taking off? Yeah, well, thank you very much. I feel like this has been happening for a lo- my whole life and I didn't know it. The confluence of my personal interest, my professional interest and my passions. So uh, I was a son of a high school coach. I was a, a decent high school athlete, division two college football player. So uh, I was able to, with my father's guidance, use athletics to better my life. I created opportunities educationally, socially, and professionally. I then uh, moved on in my career at post-athletics, and uh, I learned how to use athletics to better the lives of the people around me, community service, philanthropy. Uh, I helped uh, build a couple of uh, youth programs. One has put 200 kids in college. In uh, 2008, I was able to take my passion for athletics married with my business experience. And this is where I really learned about NIL. I was the president and CEO of a company called Sports Studio in Los Angeles. And at Sports Studio, we had one of the coolest jobs in the world. We produced the sports content in Hollywood for TV shows, movies, and commercials. And we did that in conjunction with the NFL, NBA, MLB. So if you were a sponsor brand for the NFL and you wanted to use Aaron Rodgers in a State Farm commercial, And there were athletic uniforms, NFL marks, branded partners in that commercial. We supplied and we created all of that sports content. So I learned how to tell stories using sports in that job. We sold that business in June of 21. As you mentioned, July 1st, 2021, NIL became officially authorized for college athletes. And since then, in approximately 30 states for high school athletes. Whoa, man. So you are like the perfect person for me to talk to because the reason I started this show back in 2017, Mark, was just because I have like a passion, not just for sports. Everybody has a passion for sports. They played them, you know, like it just seems like everybody does. But I truly believe that you can learn and leverage so many skill sets from the sports world into your life outside of sports. And you mentioned philanthropy, just community service and all these different things that you were able to to utilize from your sports experience, which is awesome. Uh, leadership too, being the son of a coach, like all that all the stuff that you just mentioned right there is the stuff that I absolutely love. I think that's super cool. So this is probably meant to be um, as I'm as I'm getting to know you a little bit better here. 
D2 college football experience. Curious real quick, um, going to a division two, there's a lot of kids that like that, you know, I'm, I'm from Idaho, Mark, but kids think that like, they got to go D one or bust. I'm like, dude, you're not going, there's not a lot of D one athletes coming out of Idaho. That's just the reality that we got a few, I'm not going to downplay it, but uh, a lot of them go D two or they'll go NAIA or they'll go junior college route first and then they'll make it up to the four years and whatnot. But um, talk to us about your D two experience. I, I am curious. I just want to know that side of things. And, you know, I want to, highlight it rather than like downplay it. I, I just, I always say, if you can make it to the next level in any capacity, it's a pretty big accomplishment because now the talent pool is just so high. So what did you notice in, in your D2 college experience playing football? Um, and what position did you play and stuff? And what was some of the life lessons you learned? Uh, great question. So uh, I was a, a, a marginal division one athlete, probably could have walked on perhaps going to junior college, put some weight on, um, I'm back in the seventies, weight training and, and conditioning was, was something that very few people had. So I'll be honest, I was a six foot four white guy that couldn't dunk a basketball. And so uh, I played tight end and I was a perfect division two athlete, right? I started my first game, my freshman year, started my last game, my senior year, and just about every game in between, except for a couple of dings and bangs and bruises. But I think what it did for me, Shane, was it created an opportunity to gain self-confidence, right? To create relationships, to learn firsthand what leadership was like. Um, I was not a small fish in a big pond. I was a medium-sized fish in a medium-sized pond, and it was a perfect fit for me. That's crazy. That's cool. I I, I relate to you in a lot of ways, Mark. I'm, I'm not six four, but I was six two and couldn't dunk until after high school was over. But um... I always joke around the kids nowadays are like five, seven and they're leaping. You know what I mean? But it's a six, two, I could shoot, I could shoot, but I just couldn't jump. <laughs> so I, I played defense and my famous story in high school was I held a, a future division one, all American and a 10 year NBA veteran to 44 points. And who was this? His name was Jeff Ruland actually. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I love it, dude. That's something to tell the grandkids. You know what I mean? That's that, that, that should, that should be your stories. I love it. You know, Mark, as you move on into the NIL space, um, you know, I was talking to, and you're probably familiar with him, Lee Steinberg. I, I was chatting with Lee on the show about, right about, uh, it was almost two years ago. It was right after it had launched. So, uh, well, no, it was about a year and a half ago. So it was about six months after NIL had become a thing and everyone's still trying to figure stuff out. And Lee was talking about just how murky it was, though. There was just, there was so much, you know, Kids were getting in trouble, didn't realize what they were supposed to be doing with NIL. Uh, they're making money, yet they don't realize how taxes work. Companies themselves didn't realize what they could and couldn't do. The collectives inside of a lot of universities didn't realize what they could do. Um, getting into the NIL space, I guess I want to start here because there's so many questions I have for you, Mark. But understanding what you know now, like if you could educate us a little bit, first and foremost where does a kid even start? Everyone hears about it. They're like, Hey, I can make money now off my name, image, and likeness. But where does a, an athlete, male, female, whomever, where do they even begin to start like trying to figure out how to do that and do so without getting themselves in trouble or losing their scholarship privileges? Yeah. I want to just take a half a step back and just tell you that one of the things I learned in 15 years of Hollywood was how athletes were being taken advantage of, especially the athletes that weren't educated. And I mean professional athletes on set for major brands representing the NBA, MLB, the NFL, and how people in brands, people in agencies, people in studios, attorneys, representation, 
didn't really have the athlete's best interests at heart. And so when NIL started and I had opportunity to, to look at it, uh, I realized that the one thing that was missing was education. And so Shane, I decided I didn't want to be an agent. I didn't want to be a representative. I don't want to make deals. I'm not taking a commission. I wanted to educate student athletes, their families, coaches, administrators, community people, everyone, all the stakeholders in NIL. I believe, and we teach, that NIL should start in high school from a brand building standpoint. You can't step on campus the first day and enter the NIL space successfully. Now, the caveat to that is the thing that no one saw coming, and that was collectives, which are essentially booster clubs on steroids, meeting you know, vulnerable college athletes wanting to play at the highest level, and then the third leg of that stool would be the transfer portal. And so let's take those two groups and separate them. If you're a Division One athlete, you know, if you're a five foot seven and you can dunk and you're going D1, you're probably going to get paid to run fast and jump high and the collectives are going to take care of you. Your personal brand almost makes no difference other than if you tarnish it off the field. If you're not a power five athlete, if you're not a revenue generating sport athlete, which is who we're focused on, then building a brand is based on a return on investment from a potential sponsor. And we believe that starts your junior year in high school when you're beginning the recruiting process, beginning your college decision process. It takes time. You just mentioned the length that you've been working at this job and building this podcast. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of force multiplying, talking to people, leveraging those people, and building a brand is the same way. There's lots of resources out there. Obviously, I believe that our company is positively positioned to do that. It's called the Players NIL. We have five pillars of education that we start teaching as juniors in high school, and that is digital marketing, how you build a brand beyond your friends and family circle. How do you actually grow an audience? Again, the things I learned in Hollywood about telling stories. Once you build that brand, Shane, how do you leverage that with an influencer relationship? Like it or not, the Kardashians have changed the world forever. And every brand and every industry is using influencers now to tell stories and connect with an audience. How do you do that? Okay, what do those relationships look like? What is the brand looking for as a return on investment, ROI? tax, legal, compliance are issues that I know you want to talk about. Community service and philanthropy, incredibly important to help build a brand and to get back. And then, of course, financial literacy. So uh, I think that there's lots of resources out there. Ours is one of them. Wow. So cool, though. Like, see, this is what we needed. We needed an education piece. You know what's what's weird, Mark, is I, I coach – well, I coach club basketball, but it's the 17-year-old – age group that I, I coach. So 16 and 17 year olds. So they're juniors and seniors in high school getting ready to rock and roll into the collegiate realm of things. And, you know, a lot of them will ask me, they'll be like, Hey coach, I want to start a podcast. And I'll, I'll tell them like, you know, it is a grind, but I think, I think it's a really cool opportunity. I always tell them like, man, you can connect with so many people. Like I'm connecting with you, Mark, um, through this platform and through our LinkedIn platforms and stuff. And I'm like, there's awesome opportunities to meet amazing people, but you got to put the work in, you got to be ready for the grind and you got to act professionally. Like you don't want to be a hoodlum freaking just going nuts on your social media account, acting like an idiot. You know, you gotta, you gotta conduct yourself accordingly, you know, be authentic, uh, but don't be, don't be an idiot and stuff. So like, once they hear like the reality of how things work to like start a podcast and try to make a brand so that when they get into the junior college realm, most of them are going junior college, they can make money. Well, they don't really want to do it. And it's kind of funny. Cause I'm like, man, it start. that's cool. You said it though. It starts like their junior year in, in high school. They've got to start building that, uh, building the foundation because it's huge. It's, it's, it's very, very important. Um, I do want to ask you though, 
what, so you mentioned like influencers and, and having the connections there after they've done this, but what are some of the biggest for the non-revenue generating sports, like the non-revenue generating athletes, which for those who are listening, who may not understand that typically speaking, that's anything outside of football. Some, some institutions, basketball does generate revenue for their schools, but you'd be surprised if you go and just check, there's reports on that. Like, I mean, these are public reports. You can see most of these, unless they're a private school, but you can see what's generating revenue and what's not. Like I go to Boise, like I, I went to Boise state. That's where I graduated from. So I'm a Boise state alum. Just so you guys know, football is the only revenue generating sport at that school. The rest of it, even basketball, even when they're successful at basketball, it doesn't, I mean, it's all, it just depends on your university. But so just so you know, there's like a, a wide variety of sports, tennis, uh, volleyball, all that stuff. I just want to make sure we made that clear for a lot of these listeners out here. But um, I guess my question is this. I, I have so many of them. They're building a brand. What's like, let's just say you're a swimmer at a, you're, you swim, you swim for the university. Okay. What's an option that you have for NIL that you've seen Mark uh, for some of these athletes in these non-revenue generating sports that they, they compete in? Well, remember we talked about pillar number one is digital marketing. And that is essentially telling stories. Um, if you tell a story about how fast you swam, you have an audience. But if you tell a story about the food that you like, the places you travel, the clothes that you wear, uh, the music that you listen to, that expands your world. So now you're really building that audience and creating that audience, humanizing your story, right? Re making yourself relatable to an audience, to whether it's young kids that look up to you, community members that respect you local businesses that want to support you, right? So what does that story look like? And, and I just also want to say, Shane, we teach lots of kids that it's not about money. They want to learn, as you mentioned, the skills about how to build a podcast. They want to learn about digital marketing. They want to be a camera operator. They want to be an editor. They just may want to create opportunities to connect with an audience of potential internship companies or career opportunities. But for the average student in the first year, the the NIL money, the median was $65, right? So it means half were above and half were below. I don't think year two numbers have come out yet. The average was around 1,200. And that includes all the football players, right? Football was one, men's basketball is two, as you mentioned in year one. Women's basketball, three. Interestingly, women's volleyball was four, all right? Wow. Six, okay. six, six of the top nine, take football out of the top 10, six of the top nine were women's sports. So, one of the facts of life is girls are better at social than boys and 70 plus percent of NIL deals are based on social. So the answer to your question is storytelling and creating a following about making yourself relatable is what we teach. And I think that's the best way to grow your NIL and personal brand. So stories like storytelling, um, uh, the, the guy I work for, his name's Russell Brunson. I work for a company called ClickFunnels as another, like my full-time job over there. I've been working for Russell Brunson for the last six years. He is a huge like advocate of storytelling just from the marketing perspective. We're talking business and entrepreneurship. He teaches story selling secrets. Like that's how, what sells our stories. And I'm curious from the players in IL, what you guys do over there, Mark, do you guys teach the, like, I, I, you know, I understand telling them it's important to tell stories and stuff, but do you teach them how to actually share their story that's going to relate to their audience? Like, do you tell, do you share with them the frameworks of that kind of stuff? So that like, let's say I'm really shy in front of a camera, which I'm personally not, but. Some people are, they don't want to be in front of a camera. They're not sure about the backlash on social media. So do you teach them how to actually do that through like maybe a workshop or any kind of course or anything? Yeah, our, our, our digital program teaches that. And I'll give you a great example. So we talk to kids all the time about how do you tell a story? So I tell them two, I ask them to do two things. The first thing is 
make a list, pull out the notes section on your Apple phone, and just look at, tell me, write down every brand that you come in contact with for the next 24 hours. You're driving down the road, there's a Ford dealership, a Chevy dealership, there's a McDonald's, there's a Burger King. All the brands that you're full frontal with online, it's Nike, it's Gatorade, it's Marriott, Courtyard by Marriott. Just make that list. Then the second list is I want the next 24 hours to tell me all the brands that you use in a 24-hour period. You put on Adidas shoes, you put on sneakers, you put on a watch, you wear clothes from a certain brand. And then put those two lists together and see if there's anything that intersects, right? Are there any of those brands on both lists? Then start to tell the story about how you interact with those brands. I like Pizza Hut Pizza. I like Domino's. I like Coca-Cola. I like Pepsi. But make sure it's authentic. If you eat Doritos, don't tell everybody you eat Lay's potato chips, right? So make sure that there's a relatable story again about your life. So these are some of the really basic things that people don't think about that others might be interested in. So that's the first example I would give you. Man, that's that's super cool. I appreciate that. That's going to be a social media clip, by the way. I can already just tell you right now. That's the stuff I love. So if you're listening to this right now, I'm going to encourage, I, I should have said this at the beginning, but I always encourage the listeners, if you're new to the show, take your whatever device you're listening to this on. If it's your iPhone, whatever, Android, I don't care. Whatever you're listening to it on, there's a notepad. Like Mark just said, I would actually take notes of the show so you can remember what Mark just said. And that way you can go back and listen to some other things. But always take notes. Like just jot down notes of some, some golden nuggets. And I think that's one of them. I would highly encourage you guys to take notes of that particular example because that's the stuff that Mark and his team over at Players in IL, like that, that's, a, that's a big deal. Like that's something that people don't realize. And I love that you said authenticity. Um, that's a hard thing these days, Mark, with uh, social media in general is being authentic. Everyone's just trying to, you know, compare it's a comparison game and they're trying to be like the, the other person but i think you touch on a great point and i can even speak to it from a podcasting perspective generating revenue off a podcast is extremely difficult it's extremely difficult for me to find sponsors who are willing to like you know use marketing money to just get their brand out there so i have to also you know find things i'm not just gonna go i you know i'm not gonna just go leverage a brand that i've never used before and talk to them like hey it'd be great to have you on my podcast i literally have never talked to you before so it's the same concept and so i think i could even leverage some of these things that you're, you're, you're sharing here for my own business side of things. That's awesome. Um, so a couple of years ago, there was a kicker at UCF Mark, and he was known for doing a vlog on YouTube and that vlog, if anybody watched it, it was amazing. Um, that's the kind of stuff that I love to see as a, as a sports fan. It's like the story of, of your day to day as an athlete, as a student athlete, um, on YouTube. It was awesome. It was just kind of cool. Just a normal vlog, not like wildly greatly edited or anything of that nature, but it was really cool to see. They cut his scholarship and kicked him off the team because that was before NIL. It was like a year before the NIL deal started coming through. Um, I have my own opinions on the matter. I think that was awful. I think that's absolutely atrocious in my opinion, but that's not what I'm here to ask you. Um, have you seen anybody leveraging YouTube um, or or any kind of digital content creation such as YouTube or podcasting or anything of that nature during the two years that you've been in this? Yeah, first of all, I think it was his choice to leave football. He chose YouTube over his scholarship. I believe that is true. Point. But they were right. gonna, didn't they say they were going to remove his scholarship, though? Oh, yeah. No, he was definitely in violation of NCAA rules. There's no question about it. So, uh, yeah, and NIL has obviously eliminated all those barriers. I think there's lots of examples. Um, there's a kid in a niche sport, uh, men's lacrosse named Mitchell Pelkey. 
Mitchell Pelkey just graduated from Ohio State, the Ohio State University. The Ohio State. That's I'm a Buckeye. Just if anybody didn't know, I'm a okay. huge Buckeye fan. Well, you know, shout out to Mitchell Pelkey, and and I think he's done a great job, and he's a great example. He started building his YouTube channel in high school before NIL was authorized. And I don't know what his current numbers are, but they're they're very very strong, and he's now created a career of being an influencer. But it started with athletics, and that was his platform. So. Essentially, he's used NIL to build a career. So that's one example. There, there's lots of them. Again, you know, what is successful? You know, is it that they're having fun and they're learning life skills? Is it they're making money? Is it they're helping others, donating back to charitable causes? Is it that they're inspiring young people to chase their dreams? You know, what is successful? It's different to everyone, but I think all of those things are important. And I think there's lots and lots of kids doing that. Super cool, man. Yeah. And Here's one thing I want to ask you, Mark, and, and just get your, in, your insight on this one. Coming from Boise, Idaho, um, it's it's funny because I keep telling these people, they're like, oh, well, there's not a lot of brands. That, we don't have a ton of money generated here in Boise. I'm like, actually, we do. But there's like a lot of local places that I, I feel like the like the the guys that don't really, the guys and girls that don't really have their names out there a ton that they could leverage. I'm like, dude, you've, you've got like fishing shops at your local city that's like population 3,000 people. Like, Maybe you got a fishing shop that wants to help you out. Maybe pay a hundred bucks a month to make a couple posts here and there. I don't know. Have you seen any of that with some of the smaller town folk that you've, you've uh, worked with in the last two years? Yeah, actually I, I just did a series of videos um, titled Dave's diner and here's how Dave's diner example works. Okay. And Dave's diner could be any one of those businesses you just talked to in any town USA, but we're going to say it's Dave's diner. Shane Larson is a high school basketball player. And he goes with his buddies every Saturday morning to Dave's Diner and he gets a mushroom and cheese omelet because that's what he loves. And all his buddies hang out and they drink Coke and Pepsi and they, you know, throw paper towels at each other and do all the things the teenagers do, right? One day, Shane Larson goes in and on the wall, it says Shane Larson, high school basketball player, eats at Dave's Diner and loves mushroom and cheese omelets. You go, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't know Dave even knew who I was, right? You go about your business. The next week you come back on the wall. Not only is there a sign there, but there's a picture of Shane holding a basketball. It says, Shane Larson loves mushroom and cheese omelets at Dave's Diner. And you go to Dave and you go, hey, Dave, I'm Shane Larson. He goes, hey, Shane, I know who you are. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate you bringing all your friends. Hey, you know, I'm not sure that you're really allowed to do that without my permission, but I, got, I have a proposal for you. How about if we make a business arrangement? And Dave goes, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't know anything about that, but tell me what you're thinking. How about if I use my social media posts? I only have 500 followers, but they're all high school kids in XYZ town. How about if I tell everyone in town that I love the mushroom and cheese omelet at Dave's Diner, will you give me 50 bucks? Dave goes, wow, that sounds like a good investment. Sure, let's do it, right? So they do that, and the next week, a bunch of people come in, and then Shane goes back to Dave's Diner. He says, hey, that worked pretty well. Thanks for the money. How about if we do this? How about if we have a special price on mushroom and cheese omelets on Saturdays and I'm going to bring my teammates in here and we're going to meet all the young kids that come to Dave's Diner on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And I'm going to give them a code for a discount. Will you pay me a dollar for everyone that buys a mushroom and cheese omelet? Sure enough, 120 kids come in. They sell 120 omelets. So he made $50 on the first negotiation. He made $120 on the next negotiation and he got a bunch of free cheese omelets. So... That's my real world example about making NIL relatable and attainable, which are the two words that we profess. That is awesome, man. This is so cool. Super, super cool. And like what I like the, the example here is that 
that's a younger athlete, right? You, you're talking about like, it goes back the circle all the way back to the beginning when you said starts, you know, your junior year in high school, you're trying to like build that. That's, that's a way to do that. Um, I absolutely love it. Now, as you're, as you're like around these athletes, Mark, and you're learning about branding and I had kind of referenced it before. I, I see a lot, you know, I follow a lot of the, the athletes that I coach and stuff and we run a high school media business here for high school athletics. It's uh, it's interesting to see what kids post on social media. Um, do you have any tips for, for, you know, kids, male, female on posting on social media, if they have aspirations to leverage their social media later on for, let's just say NIL purposes. Yeah, you know, I think uh, the Kardashians have ruined the world in that respect, right? We, we seem to have no filter sometimes. And uh, there are companies out there that uh, will scrub your social media if you've made some mistakes in the past. So I advise, you know, that you be careful. Look, think about every post as a job interview. That's my tip. If you're going to post something, imagine that someone that potentially could hire you, employ you, give you guidance is going to read it. Would you be happy to say that? And I used to go back to this. When kids, before social media, when I coached young kids and we had a, a situation where a kid was acting out, I challenged them this. There's someone in your life that was a mentor. It could have been your parents, could have been an aunt and uncle, perhaps it's grandparents, perhaps you come from a broken home and someone in the community mentored you. Think about this. Don't you want to make them proud? What can you say? What can you do that would hurt them, that would make them feel uncomfortable about what they've done for you? Think about that, right? Internalize that. And so have fun, of course. Be playful, of course. Be informative, definitely. Share, most importantly. Be controversial, be careful. I mean, it's so funny because it's, it, I think a lot of kids, even us, like as adults, like we don't, we hear it and we understand it, but we don't really believe it's going to do anything until it actually happens to somebody close to us or ourselves. We see it with NFL players, you know, Josh Allen, they're scrubbing his Twitter account when he's on draft day, right? Uh, you've got all these people that they think they're far past that from years before and it comes up, um, especially those who are high profile athletes or those who are just trying to aspire to do something. I really like that idea. Cause I personally, man, I've, I've, there's Facebook memories that will pop up, Mark from like 2007 and eight, when Facebook was first a thing, I can't believe I said some of the things I said. Like, I'm, I'm like, they weren't crazy. It's not like I was gonna go jail or anything, but I'm like, I can't believe that was on a public platform. And I'm like, I'm not ever sharing this with anybody. And I'm glad that no one's ever like brought this up because it was back when it was brand new. But I'm like, that's really, really stupid. Like perhaps like don't say something publicly about your employer when you're frustrated with your employer. Like things I know now when I'm 34 that I didn't realize when I was 18, you know, like that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I would highly advise you guys to listen to Mark's words of advice there. Um, I love the the thing there. If, if you guys are going to take a note, rewind it, listen to what you just said, treat it like a job interview, every post like a job interview. I think that's just gold, absolute gold. Um, this is great. The education that you're providing, Mark, is fantastic. Uh, the players in IL, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, you know what? I really, I want to listen. I, I, I like what Mark's saying. I want to know more. I want to actually get into this stuff and, and start to actually build my brand. It's time to get rolling. Um, what, what's the steps they need to take to get in, in touch with you guys at the players in IL? Is there an application form on a website or anything of that nature? Yeah. So first of all, follow us on social at the players in IL on all platforms. We're fortunate to get the same handle on every platform at the players NIL. Um, our website, the players has lots of free information. 
We have some previews of our coursework. And of course, we have the pricing for our uh, tiered uh, guidance. So we have an online course of five hours of content where we teach those five pillars. We have some handholding. We have some concierge service where we can actually help map out strategy and, and support student athletes. So uh, the players NIL.com has all the information you'll need. Perfect. I'm going to put the links here in the description of the podcast for the social media feeds and everything too. Again, I'm going to encourage you guys follow them and, and, and take advantage of the services. You're also an author. All right. Uh, NIL for all I I'm aspiring to write a book. I'm not a writer. I, I it's funny. I graduated with a degree in communication as well as like a little focus on journalism. I used to write for a website hate writing, Mark, but I do have aspirations to write a book based on the interactions I've had with various guests on this podcast platform for the last six and a half years. I've talked to a lot of different people, professional athletes, retired athletes, people in your space. You know, this is, this is amazing to me. Um, but I am curious about the book writing process. Like I, you're an author and I want to know, you know, where can we find this book and what does the book in like, what does it entail for the one that I'm referring to is NIL for all is the name of the book. So I just kind of want to touch base on the book and, and the premise of it all. Yeah, of course, Shane. Well, first of all, I don't think uh, anyone would believe that I could write a book. So that was the first thing. It's it's quite a process, um, uh, but it came from the heart. So it was easy, right? And uh, and I've been asked, did I use ChatGPT or uh, artificial intelligence? I did not. So this this is this is all me, which is a little scary. But here's here's what happened: is you know through the first year or so of NIL, Shane, we realized that there was a lot of misinformation out there that, you know, we had sensationalized the top 2%, those revenue athletes, those quarterbacks at power five schools. And I've been traveling the world and, and meeting people. I would tell them what I do. And people would say, number one, they didn't know what NIL was. They certainly didn't know what name, image, and likeness meant. And they also thought if they did know something that it wasn't for them, that it was for someone else, you know, the higher level athlete. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to make it, and I mentioned it earlier, I wanted to make NIL two words, relatable and attainable to the everyday athlete. And so I wrote the book NIL for All, which means there's an NIL opportunity for everyone, whether it's the Dave's Diner scenario for $50 or, you know, Summit Lee Consulting, your sponsor that wants to get engaged with a higher level athlete at a higher level for, you know, more zeros in the, in the agreement. You know, I think there's an opportunity. There's also an opportunity for those that want to create career opportunities for themselves, internships, as I mentioned, maybe not even about money in high school. So making NIL relatable and attainable is the reason I wrote the book. It's available on, uh, available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, NIL for all on Amazon. Um, it's $19.99. I think it's a good 30 minute read. It's a quick introduction, but it'll give you a foundation to decide if it's something you want to pursue. Huge. I'm going to put that here in the description as well. So you guys can find that. And I'm going to share it with the, the coaches that I coach with at Idaho premier basketball, as well as the, the kids that I've coached and the other clubs and every high school around here too. I want people to be able to benefit from this. Um, there's a, there's a topic real quick. Um, there's two things I wanted to touch base on, but one was the high schools. You know, you had mentioned that now 30 States or so have legalized like NIL for, for high school athletes. It was a big discussion, a topic of discussion with a quarterback named Quinn Ewers as a Buckeye. You know, I'm a huge Buckeyes fan. I run a show on YouTube for Ohio state football as well called Scarlet and great. We were talking about this. That was a big deal for us. I like, we were like, Oh, we got Quinn coming in. But the reason he left high school early to enroll early at Ohio state because Texas at that time had not, and I'm not sure if things have changed since then, but they had offered him, I think it was a six or seven figure deal uh, he couldn't take it as a high school athlete. He wasn't allowed to compete in high school athletics and, and still have the deal. So he went to Ohio State, 
where he was then able to accept the deal. And then since then uh, has gone to, has transferred back to Texas and is playing at Texas as a quarterback there. Um, I had, I, I was so kind of like caught off guard by it, but then I, I talked to a lot of people about it, Mark, just getting people's opinions on the matter. And they were saying, you know, well, kids that young shouldn't be introduced to that type of money, or it can ruin a kid to be in that situation where they've got brands all over, you know, when they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And, you know, part of me is like, well, if they do it right, if they have the right education, which is where you come in <laughs> into play here, you know, they should be okay. I mean, high schools, we're, we're teaching them, you know, two plus two, and we should be teaching them how to do taxes. I don't know. That's my own opinion, but it's not, it's just a failure of the system in general. But anyway, high school athletics, 30 plus states. Um, are, are you a proponent of, you know, high school athletes being able to have these same opportunities to, to monetize based on their name, image, and likeness of their sport? Yeah, so I think all, everything that you said is true. You know, it's a lot of money for a young person, and it could ruin people, and education is important. I think all three of those things are true, and I think they're all valuable. Uh, I'm a free market person, right? I believe that everyone should have the, the equal opportunity. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, when there's money and pressure and power, there's predators, right? And that's what we have to uh, somehow figure out how to protect these kids. And in some cases, it's their own advisors that are taking advantage of them. I mean, we, the list of professional athletes whose financial advisors have stolen from them is long. Can you imagine a high school kid that knows even less and these start to look at six figures? That's a little bit scary, right? So I do believe it's a good thing. I think that the NCAA did not do us any favors by letting this floodgate open without any guardrails, without any parameters, without any guidance. So that's what's created what everyone refers to as the Wild West. I think the states are trying to regulate this, and that's why, and I believe Texas is still one of the states abstaining from permitting NIL in high school. I think they're trying to figure out what makes the most sense. Right now, we have 30 states and probably 25 different rules and laws that you have to follow, so there's no consensus. And now the states are getting involved with trying to prevent the NCA from legislating against colleges in their own states, particularly New York and Missouri, for instance. But the answer to the question is, I believe absolutely that NIL should start in high school. I believe that with the proper guidance, it can create lifelong opportunities. We have a saying that says NIL is not a four-year thing, it's a 40-year thing. And so why not get started when you have good guidance and leadership to help you through that process? Ooh, not a four-year thing, it's a 40-year thing. That is so true, man. Like if I, if I re, I'm sure you would think the same thing, right, Mark? If you could go back into your D2 college football days, you're tied in. Like the cool opportunities you could have had to share your experiences, to share stories that every day. Like maybe, I mean, social media wasn't a thing back then, but you could have found ways, you know, to get yourself out there knowing what you know. Now it would have been a cool opportunity. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, my boxing days and my, like if I, if I could have leveraged some of these opportunities, I would have totally done it in high school, my basketball days and everything. Like there's so many things I could have done. I think in Idaho, at least last year, we were talking to the IHSAA when we were trying to get our media stuff all set up and they were talking about NIL. Like, they, like you said, there's a million different rules for different states. Like kids were allowed to make a post, but they couldn't say which school they played for. They could just say they were a local athlete or they were a local running back at a high school. They couldn't leverage the school itself because it's a public school and each county's different. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a weird situation. So it's almost like those kids, here's what I've run into though, Mark with this. And that's why I was bringing this up is there's, it's like, yeah, you can do it, but just be careful because you don't want to do that. And so the kids get so worried that they're going to mess something up. They just don't do it at all. And then they just forget about it all together. And they're just like, okay, well, I'd rather just play the game. Cause if I do something and I 
ruin my opportunity to actually play and I'm not eligible to play because I said something wrong, then I don't want to do that. So they just don't do it. And I think that's a disgrace. I think it's unfortunate. And I wish there was a little bit more guidance, but I think we're getting there. And people like yourself are trying to help us get there uh, to the right spot. Um, taxes. That's the one thing I have it written down right here. Taxes. Okay. So that's the, that's the thing. Like even business owners, Mark, like small business owners, like content creators, like I get paid off YouTube for my other channel that I do for Ohio State, right? And I already knew this stuff. Like they're going to pay you, pay, you, pay, you, but you end up, you have to pay taxes on that at the end of the year. Like it's not like you just, oh, here's an extra $30,000 a year. Like, no, you still have to pay taxes on that money. Like people don't realize that. Well, it's the same with NIL, right? We have adults that can't figure it out. They're like, oh yeah, I make $175,000 a year. No, you don't. Take 40 or 30% off the top. That's what you probably make. Um, the NIL situation, I've heard some stuff and I want to know if you're experiencing it yourself, but I've heard some things with like people getting paid, even up, you know, $5,000 is all like throughout the year, but then they spend it or they put it places where they can't liquidate that, you know, anymore. And at the end of the year, they get a 1099. They don't even know what a 1099 is. And all of a sudden they're responsible for paying taxes on the money and they don't realize what they're doing. Do, uh, do you experience that? Or I guess another question is, does the players in IL have any kind of direction in, in accordance to, to taxes, whether it's actually helping them or directing them to somebody who's an accountant? I don't know. Uh, but do you guys have any education on that side of things? Absolutely. Pillar number three is tax, legal, and compliance, where we talk about that issue. And you're absolutely right. Almost every NIL deal is a 1099 situation, which means for those who don't know, there's no withholding taxes. Like you have a, a W-2 form from an employer, they take out FICA and federal and state withholding taxes. And that's what you file a tax return against. And then either you owe money or you get some back as, as a tax return in, in the springtime. But most NIL deals are 1099. And here's something that's a tricky one also, Shane is a lot of in-kind services. So free meals, free apparel, free equipment is also taxable. Okay? So that's another catch, right? Um, now, every situation is a little bit different from a personal tax liability standpoint, your age, your income. The other issue, you have to make sure you're compliant with your compliance offices. Perhaps you're on a federal uh, Pell Grant or student loan, and it's based on income. And now you get an NIL deal that could shift your grant or loan situation. So there's lots of things that are taught in this section, all that basically these are the uh, potholes that you need to avoid. And here's how you get good local advice and legal advice and compliance advice from your school. And so it's a, it's a, it's a real issue. It's a real problem. And, you know, we're seeing now some of these power five football players, they're getting $30,000, $40,000, $50,000, which is a modest amount compared to what you see in the papers, but still, if you're not paying taxes on $50,000, you went to school for free, you got Alston money, which is five or $6,000 a year tax-free. So you don't really have a lot of expenses, but you take that 50 grand, you buy some wheels, you go on a vacation, you know, you go be the big man on campus on Saturday night with everybody in the bar. Next thing you know, the money's gone and you get a 1099. Now you graduate from college with all those free things and no cost in debt. It's a big mistake. Oh man. See, that's what stresses me out. Cause I want to like help these kids, but I'm also like, you know, I'm a business owner too. I've been there like just with businesses, but I want to help the kids out, but like, I'm not the one to do it. You're the one to do it. So that's why, like, we'll, we'll give that, you know, you're the who I like, I'm going to find my who it's either you find the who or the how find your who Mark is your who. Okay. He's the one who can help you with all of this stuff. If you guys are worried about it, don't, don't figure out the how, like, Oh, I got to do all this. Mark's the who. 
let him, let him help you over there uh, with his expertise. I think that's awesome that you guys are doing it. You know, if anybody here, yourself included, Mark has listened to the, or watched the documentary from ESPN 30 for 30, it's called broke. And it was all the athletes that went broke, right? They didn't realize like in, in the professional world, like how things work. But I remember off of that topic was off of that documentary. There was a conversation with Cam Newton, if I'm not mistaken. And Cam had talked about how, when he was, it's funny that I should say, it's just ironic that it's Cam, but Cam said that when he was in college, he was on scholarship and he wasn't allowed to take, he wasn't allowed to work because it would like mess up his scholarship. So his whole life, he said it was dedicated to football. High school was all football all year round. He was making sure that he was always prepared for football. And then college, it was the same thing. And then he goes to junior college. And he has to make sure he's working his way up. Um, anyway, needless to say, he wasn't able to like actually understand money. So then he gets his signing bonus in the NFL. Uh, massive. He didn't even know how to cash a check at that point. Um, which at first I was like, you're, you gotta be joking me. Right. But then I started realizing like, well, if you've never done it your whole life and then you're introduced that you gotta go cash a check. He didn't know how to cash. He didn't have a bank account. He didn't know how to cash a check himself. Um, at the age of, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, didn't know how to cash a check. So, yeah, I think the NIL stuff personally is going to be an opportunity for these young athletes to learn life skills because it's giving them opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have had. Uh, hopefully they don't run into the situation with the athletes that were in the, the documentary broke um, because that's definitely another, that's just, it's wild. Uh, but there were some things in there that I learned. I wonder, does this trickle into NIL at all? But they talked about when you play in different states as an athlete, uh, you're taxed at the state rate because it, you're, you're taxed from game to game. You're, you get paid a game check. Um, and so that's N NBA, NFL, whatever they get, they get taxed on their game check. So each state tax is different. Um, and so like playing in Miami is a lot different than playing in LA. And there's conversations about the taxes that come out of each game check there. Does that impact anything with NIL since it's collegiate athletics? It has nothing to do with that, right? Like it has not, cause you're not getting paid by the institution, right? None, none of that. First, first, first of all, I believe it's called the Michael jo Jordan rule. Right, because I think he was the first one that got taxed out of state. I, I think oh, California, California was so tired of losing to him, they said, we're going to get him. And they started taxing his income when he came to Staples Center. Um, uh, and then, obviously, all the other states followed. And I think I saw something that Steph Curry filed 17 individual state tax returns at tax time. So um, I, I, I think there's probably a limit to what your threshold is and you should check your local tax uh, authority. Um, if you make under a certain amount, you don't have to file a tax return. Um, most of NIL probably would be based on where you live, which even if you're a student, you probably maintain residence with your parents. Uh, so that's probably the state that you would file your tax return with, but okay. check with your check with a local expert. That makes sense. Makes sense. All right, Mark, as we wrap it up, um, just in your experience as an athlete, your experience in this field of expertise of the NIL market and just in sports in general through Hollywood and everything, what is the biggest life lesson that you have learned thus far? And I'm, I'm sure you're going to continue to learn things as you as you continue to move on in life and such. But I always like to ask my guests, what's the biggest life lesson you, you've learned through sports at any capacity up until this point? Well, I think probably my proudest situation is I'm a father of five, four Division One athletes. So I, I was able to take what I've learned and create an environment. And this is my parenting advice, and it has to do with NIL. There's two things, the two greatest things you can give young people today, your children included, confidence and opportunity. If you can give your kids confidence and opportunity, they have a chance to chase their dream and be successful. Again, whatever measurement of success is to you, it doesn't have to be money. 
And I think NIL and slash athletics can give you confidence and opportunity. So the confidence comes from competing, winning and losing, teammates, all the things that we love athletics for. And the opportunity comes from using NIL as a platform to create lifelong opportunities. So I think NIL falls in line with what my experience is, is the two greatest gifts you can give your children are confidence and opportunity. So awesome, man. Mark, I appreciate your time, brother. I, I've had a blast chatting with you. Hopefully we'll be able to chat more in the future and connect some more um, through here. But I just appreciate your time and willing to share your expertise. Again, for those who are listening, make sure to check the links in the description. Go follow the Players NIL on all the social platforms as well as the website. Check out Mark's book, NIL for All. I've got that linked here in the description as well. Um, I'm excited to, to see what comes with the NIL space, and I'm excited to see the growth of your guys' business and the education that you guys continue to provide. And I'm just going to encourage all those who are listening, if you guys haven't done so already, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's how the show continues to grow and get out to more and more listeners. Share it with a friend who you feel could benefit from the words from Mark today. And as you guys know, we'll be coming to you next week with another interview. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.